Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted. Hi, I'm J.K. Amanwood, the writer-director of The Asian. Hi, this is David L.G. Hughes, writer-director of the film Hallboy Suites. This is Anthony Alex from the Angry Mailman podcast. Hello, Stuart. Just a quick hello from Sarah Douglas. Hi, everybody. This is Mo Ali, the director of Montana. Hey, guys, this is Ace Marrero from the movie Madison County. The From Page to Screen Moviecast. I did one the other week where it's an actor who I've been, I've met him once or twice, Mm -hmm. and we've just never podcasted, so... He sent me a message saying, like, I've got a film coming out. Can we do a podcast? I'm like, that'd be amazing because I've been trying to podcast with this guy <laughs> for a couple of years. So we're faffing around trying to get Skype to work and it wouldn't work because he was using a, an iPhone and his operating system wasn't quite new enough to install Skype. So he sent me a message and he said, um, is there any other way to do it? And I said, well, we could do it over the phone because I've got my Android phone, which now I can press a button and it'll record the calls. No, Not a cool. problem. It'll be fine. So we chatted for about an hour and 10 minutes about everything. Really good show. Yeah. I went to edit it. I'm like, hmm, why is the file only 30 minutes long? Oh. <laughs> it's just halfway through. It had just stopped. Not, but, Well, you can't check to see if it stopped because you've got the phone stuck to your ear. Right, right. So I had to do like a, please excuse this episode. He's not being rude disappearing halfway through. Skype crap. You know. <laughs> you didn't want to just do your impression of him? I thought about it, but he's from Liverpool, so I don't. I don't think it would work. Yep. Well, and you didn't want me insulting him with my uh, awful Liverpool accent. So. You could have done it. You could have been a stunt, Scott Williams. You could have come in and you could have just like made stuff up and there. talked about all the films you're going to be in and, and all that. I could. I could remember that for next time. That's like, it, man. Yeah. John, dude. be a Londoner. John, That's be from Nottingham and all these places. There you go, man. Yeah. Always so, available. Exactly. But yeah, it's up and running now. It's the software. So yeah. I mean, have you lost many shows from waxing? You had many technical glitches while you've been doing waxing cinematic, or have you been kind of lucky? No, overall, other than probably three times now. Um, you know, it's hit that, and this, and it's always months apart, so it's always out of the blue. But um, for the most part, it's you know me forgetting to change the configuration. When we were shooting, we were recording everything video-wise, and then uh, we subsequently haven't done anything with it, But uh, which is you know why we're going to do the Kickstarter campaign. But um, with the camera set up, I have to you know make sure it's rolling, and then make sure the uh, recorder's rolling, and then we were trying to be sure that Stream with a Dot was up and rolling. And yeah, there were a couple times where I forgot to hit the button on the recorder, which is the most important thing of all. Because really everything else was secondary, and um, and yeah, about ten minutes into it, I'm like, oh shit! All right, well, you know, and then that's that's when you know I say, hey, welcome to Wax and Cinematic, as though we never missed a beat. No one knows anything about everything that was lost, other than the people who tuned in on stream. So, 
Uh, <laughs> you're up to episode 100 now, aren't you? That's yeah. Available. Actually, I think we're. I think it's closer to 130 off the check. But we, when we started doing the specials like the ride home and oh, yeah. uh, rose colored uh, spectacles. Yeah, I think I said that right. But anyway. Yeah. Anyway, when we started doing our, our, you know, under the same waxing cinematic umbrella, we didn't number those. So then at the year's end, we're like, well, shit, man, we could be way beyond. So we decided from this point on, if we do, because Michelle and I are probably going to go see Deadpool this weekend and we will probably do a podcast about it. I'm really stoked about the movie. So, but that will be numbered versus just being a special. Yeah, Deadpool's awful. It's ter- no, it's not really. No, I I know somebody that watched it a couple of days back and he loved it. So, yeah, yeah. Well, he says very good. It's very silly. Very a lot of fun. Yeah. just pure entertainment. So, so enjoy. Does he come from a comic book viewpoint, or was this just yeah. he wanted to go? Okay. Yeah, I mean, he's not a big comic book reader, as far as I know. But it's uh, Fraser who's writing, directing Cops and Monsters. You'll have seen me chatting with him. Nice. Um, he went to see it. And he thoroughly enjoyed it. He did say stay till the end credits because there is a post-credit sequence. So, <laughs> there you go. But no, he yeah. liked it. So, yeah, well, good, really man. Good. I'm, I've been a huge Deadpool fan uh, comic book-wise for a long time. And then when High Noon came out with the video game, which was, to me, phenomenal, that was what Deadpool, you know, I mean, it, it embodied Deadpool in every sense of the word. Um, the piece of shit that came out with, uh, was it Wolverine X-Men origins? <laughs> yeah. So I think Ryan Reynolds is in that apologetic mode where it's like, no, we're, we're not messing around. We will have a great Deadpool movie because it will be like the comics. And so it sounds like he's done it. And it's done well enough that they've greenlit a sequel. So there you go. <laughs> yep. Well, and you know, I think this is going to usher in a whole new era of R-rated comic book movies because, you know, I mean, and of course this is, has a lot of comedy. So I guess it's, it's almost like, uh, you know, the hangover uh, superhero movie or something, you know what I mean? Uh, But, you know, I think that was one thing that happened with the Punisher. Um, You know, the Thomas Jane Punisher, I think did well, but then Warzone was just awful. And I can't remember if it was rated R or PG 13, but regardless, they did so much stuff wrong. I guess it didn't really matter, but I think, uh, overall, the studios were afraid to do anything above a PG-13 superhero movie, thinking that people wouldn't show up. But, but now it's cool to be a nerd. It's cool to be a geek. It's cool to be into you know all this uh, you know comic books and action figures and all this other stuff. So, I mean, they did the same with the Expendables three, didn't they? They made it PG-13, and then oh, why is nobody going to watch it? Right. Because the people <laughs> who want to watch Expendables aren't twelve. Right. You know, right. they're they're it's... like they're like forty. That's right. <laughs> They're our age, and that's the kind yeah. of movies that we grew up with. And, you know, I was glad that they came out with uh, the third one just because the second one to me was awful. And the first one was so good. And the first one really took me back to being a teen and uh, watching those kinds of movies. And uh, so, you know, it, it, I'm glad they came out with a third one, and I hope they're done. But, yeah, it, it was fun. Well, they keep threatening to do the Expendables, don't they, with the lady ones, which I think could work if you get the right cast in there. Linda Hamilton, Sigourney Weaver, you know, get all those, Cynthia Rothrock, put her in there, because what's she been doing lately? Yeah. Um, (laughs) You know, there's there's a bunch of sort of lady action heroes. Right. And I wonder if they would get Zoe Bell. I would hope so, if you've seen Ray's. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Which uh, Which was good. Yeah. Hey, now, have you and I talked since I saw uh, the, uh, uh, was it Stone, uh, no, Bone Tomahawk? No, I did hear you talk about it on uh, Waxing Cinematics. I'm like, yeah, you watched it. Yeah, dude, phenomenal. And the thing I've been stressing to everybody that I bump into and tell about it, don't go buy that trailer. 
because the trailer looks like it's just going to be one big gore fest and it's just you know like a a western slasher movie uh with bone tomahawks and it's really not man it is a complete story and there's so many cool aspects of it such as i never heard any kind of scoring no musical cues or anything until i think it was about an hour and 10 minutes into it and then there was maybe one little five minute thing or whatever and then it's right back to just uh you know, stone cold, man. It's, it's cool, man. I really, really enjoyed it. So did Michelle, but the trailer, it was late one evening and uh, we were looking for something to watch and I saw the trailer and it just looks so graphic. And I'm like, you know, I don't know that I'm really, I want to see, I want to see a story. I want to see something more than just a bunch of hack and slash. I wish we had watched it that night, but yeah, it was really, really solid movie. What did you think about the scene that Stu Miller went? I didn't think it was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was, I mean, like it was uh, anyway, I don't know how much of a spoiler you really want on here, but you remember the first maneuver, right? Where he's yes, still I certainly upright. Do. And that was where You're Michelle like, was like going, Oh, you know, and Oh was, yeah, that's where I was doing it. I'm like, right. Oh, come on. That's too much. Yeah. <laughs> but then they flipped him upside down and uh, hack, hack and slash. And yeah, that was when even I was like going, Holy shit. No, they're not. Oh, they did it. So yeah. Yep. It, <laughs> Stu Miller does worry me. The fact that he's like, it's not that bad. It's how, how much worse could they have made it? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I've never met Stu Miller. I may keep that. Right. I may not meet him somewhere in case he's got a bone tomahawk on his wall like the alien skull in Predator 2. So. Right, right. Yeah, well, it's quite I need, disturbing. I need to find, yeah, he probably has that big throne made out of H.R. Giger's skulls, right? I think he's got like, it's like his house is probably like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre where it's lampshades made out of bones and carpets made out of human hair and all that sort of stuff. I think he's a bit sort of Ed Gein. I hear you. Yeah. <laughs> I hear you. Uh, but the, uh, anyway, I've got to figure out how to get you a movie called Rags because you, you should just watch it for free, but I don't think that's possible yet uh, online. But anyway, I'll figure a way to get that to you. But yeah, there's a couple of really graphic scenes in there that, you know, you may even say, wow, damn, man, that's really crazy. I've never seen that before. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I quite like the fact that I get shocked by scenes. I- I'd be worried if I got to the point where I'm like, meh, that's nothing. I'd right. be a bit concerned. <laughs> so. I'm with you. But, you know, we've been desensitized since, you know, for over the last two decades anyway, just with stuff in general. But, yeah, it's always good. It's kind of like in The Hangover too, where – um, some of the things that happened in there. And I was like, holy shit, man, that's going too far, you know, which is, you know, not exactly rare for me, but it, it doesn't happen as often as it used to. So, Well, one of the sort of new segments I'm going to have on a podcast when I do with you is why the hell hasn't John watched this film? <laughs> um, it will probably now and again be renamed why the hell hasn't John and Jake watch this film? <laughs> but because you're here, I'm just going to keep it as why the hell hasn't John watched this film? That sounds good. And <laughs> Yourself and Jake were talking about the Frank Marshall film Alive. Yeah. Which you haven't seen. <laughs> I would say watch it. I was working in the video store right. when that film came out of the cinema. Right. And I was very similar to you. I'm like, I really don't want to watch that film sounds grim. It sounds horrific. It sounds depressing. I don't want to see a bunch of passengers eating each other. It right. sounds horrible and nasty. <laughs> but there's very, very little of that aspect in it. So in other words, um, it's almost like my impression of Bone Tomahawk, but based upon the trailer, was wrong. It's kind of like your impression of Bone Tomahawk if you remove the gory bits that are in <laughs> Bone Tomahawk. 
All right. So it's not even that bad. It's as far right. as I remember, the only part of flesh eating you actually see is about the size of a postal stamp. Where it's it's and I'm being genuine. I'm not like winding you up or being humorous, or whatever. It's right. it's basically it was about a bunch of people that crash in the Andes. True story. Rugby team. Right. Ethan Hawke's in there. They try and survive. It's cold. It's horrible. It's wet. People start to die. And then partway through, they go, we have no choice but to maybe eat some of the passengers. And then it's the whole, it's more the human aspect of it. We go, we don't want to do this because it's horrible and that's our friend. And I think somebody does carve a little bit and you don't graphically see it. So it's right. a 15 certificate over here in the UK. So it's, it would probably be a very low R rating over there right. um, where somebody carves a little piece of skin and chews on it slightly in that sort of, <laughs> I don't like this sort of manner. Yeah. Um, but it's the way you were describing it on waxing cinematic is the way that I thought the film was going to be, but right. it's a really, really good film and it's more human element than, Oh my God, people are going to eat each other to survive. Um, we'll have to check it, it out. I mean, it's probably on every uh, outlet. I mean, from Netflix to Amazon that I could, you know, so I could probably watch it with these. Yes, definitely. Yep. It's a sort of film that you'd probably be okay with your – maybe some – not the youngest kids or whatever, but some right. of your elder kids would be okay watching it. It's not It's not violent. It's nowhere near as gory as something like Seven or <laughs> – Right. It's probably about as violent as something like The Usual Suspect, probably right. less than actually. So it's, it is a cracking film. Yeah. Um, from the director of Arachnophobia as well. So that's the sort of <laughs> scariness it is. So, yeah, but Arachnophobia was like uh, horror comedy, wasn't it? That scared me to death, that. Because I watched, when I was first, first watching that film on VHS, I used to sort of lie on the floor and watch it right. you know, with, with my uh, head in my hands and, and lie and watch the TV in the dark. Right. And I was watching that. Partway through it, my cat jumped on me. I'm like, ah! <laughs> scared the living shit out of me. Because I don't like spiders. So to have something leap on your back right. in the dark while you're watching this film on your own, or right. so you think, it's not good. Yeah. So, you know, I started watching films with the door closed um, after, after that one. <laughs> I forget. There was some horror movie that um, I was trying to watch one evening, and the kids were um, in bed asleep, and I didn't want to wake them up, but I wanted to be able to hear everything, right? And I can't, I wish I could remember the name. I'll try to, uh, you know, go back in time in my mind and figure out which one it was because it, it was a really cool horror movie. But yet it was even more horrific because I had on headphones. So it was almost like a surround sound thing. I was really like in the moment. And yeah, that's one of the few times that I was actually startled by, you know, something. So Nice. Yeah. So, yeah that's my why hasn't John watched this film thing. I'm going to, whenever you guys mention it on Waxing Cinematic, you've not seen it. And you've done it a few times with various films, but I've never <laughs> right. written them down. I'm going to start <laughs> writing them down and... Some of them, I'm sure, I'll be like, don't watch it because it sucks. Right. You know, it is exactly what you think. It yeah. Is, but, uh, You're going to save us our, our two hours and, and uh, yeah. however many dollars, right? <laughs> Definitely. But with a live, it was two hours well spent. So it's very good. <laughs> well, so. we'll have to check it out. And, you know, I, I was thinking, um, what makes horror so horrific? Because if you go into a horror movie, you're expecting horror. But the Bone Tomahawk thing, you know, you're not expecting it to get that gruesome. And so is that what makes, you know, like when you add something to, uh, you know, like something so horrific to a genre that is not, I mean, because Westerns are normally pretty tame. You and I grew up and everybody else, you know, like who likes the original kind of style Western where, you know, they get hit and it's either red blood. I mean, like red paint that looks really cheesy or they just grab themselves and double over and fall over. And so, 
yeah, there's it's just I think we are conditioned not to have that kind of violence in a Western. And I mean, you even look at um, Tombstone, which yeah, it was pretty violent. But on the other hand, it was you know it wasn't gratuitous. I mean, like to me, it was just revenge made sense. Uh, but you know, Bone Tomahawk. I mean, it's just I, I don't know. The everything happens so quickly and so horrifically. Uh, there's no warning. It's just like you come around the corner and holy shit! I can't believe they just did that. So, yep. I think if you tell people that a film is going to a scare them, b be really graphic and horrible, right? Or even that it's a horror film, I think you're kind of spoiling it to a certain extent. Yeah. Um, some of the best horror films that I've seen have been people saying, "Watch Martyrs," and I just mm-hmm. go, "Okay." So I put it on press play, and it's like, "Whoa." <laughs> where did this come from um so if i don't know it's a horror film it tends to freak me out a little bit more yep i agree uh, man it's yeah. a bit it's the same as comedies if i give you a comedy and go oh i watched it last night it's the funniest thing i've seen for ages i'll laugh non-stop for two hours i'm yeah. kind of cutting the legs off the film because yeah. you're going go on impress me and it right. probably won't so. <laughs> some of my the, my favorite movies uh and this was from the cinema like over the last two decades were ones that someone said hey you know what don't expect uh you know a go further down on your grading scale and then you'll be happy with it and yeah i went in there with realistic expectations but i still remember and i know i've, I've talked about this on uh waxing cinematic numerous times but going to see true lies I was expecting the next Terminator movie without the Terminator, you know? And so it's like, what the hell, man? This is comedy. This is stupid. I'm irritated, you know? And then, you know, once I knew what it was, then I watched it later and I was like, okay, you know what? Second viewing, I get it. I know what to expect. And it was actually good. And I bought a copy. Same thing with uh, the awful, awful fourth Indiana Jones movie, the crystal skull saw it in the movie theater. And I was like, wow, this is a steaming pile. I cannot believe that I set my kids expectations up by watching every, you know, like the three nights prior to going to see it in the theater, it was like we watched the original trilogy. And so we were all expecting awesome. And then it's like, what the hell is this? I don't know. I'm sorry, kids. Oh my God. You know, and then, but watching it with my dad, like an hour, a year and a half later, um, and I knew what to expect. And we just sat back and laughed at the stupidity. So yep. there were still moments it's, that were just over the top. But yeah, overall, I didn't cringe, but maybe twice. Indy 4 went the way that thankfully Star Wars 7 didn't. But that could have, <laughs> you know, that could have been another prequel, couldn't it? But thankfully it wasn't. Well, I think the fact that George Lucas had nothing to do with it, so there was no cutesy yeah. pit droids, uh, no gophers, no, you know, I mean, there's just, when you start blending your, your movies, you know, where it's like a, a the little gopher or whatever it was sounded like a pit droid laughing at uh, what should be Indy soup at that point. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's how that movie should have ended bam that's, yeah exactly <laughs> so i've watched how many films i've watched four films over yeah. the past few days because we will get on to new york in a little bit but nice. um one of the films that i watched in the states was a film that's been critically hammered by everybody absolutely <laughs> i've not come across anybody else who went you know what i really enjoyed that film and it made me laugh and it's the adam sandler film pixels i have yet um, to see that it's good. It's. Yeah. I mean, it's not the best film. It's not right. going to be in my top ten. It's right. not Adam Sandler's best film, but it's. <laughs> if you played video games and you've got a little bit of nostalgia for things like Pac-Man and Centipede and Defender and right. stuff like that, 
<laughs> it's a it's a good film, and it and I both watched it, and we're like, why are people slagging this off? I'm like, I don't know, because it's Adam Sandler, maybe. Yeah, and it's his turn to get hammered. I think Adam Sandler has burned bridges right and left. You know, I want to do something serious, and it, it everybody said, ah, oh, this sucks. And then I want to do something funny. Oh, that sucks. I want to do something that is a mixture of genres so much that I don't even have a true voice for my movie, which was that <laughs> cobbler movie. And, uh, yeah, you're just like, what the hell? And then you get to the end and it's a superhero movie, but I digress. But yeah, I think there's a lot of people that are not going to give Adam Sandler another chance, but I wanted to go see the movie. Did you see the short film that inspired the movie? No, I didn't see the short film. It's probably on the DVD, though, I think. So I may uh, dig that out and have a look at it. Yeah. I've not seen the short film. But the short film was very well done. And no doubt, you know, I mean, I can see why that inspired a movie. And But everybody was uh, everybody that, that went to go see it in my circle said it was awful. But that doesn't necessarily mean that I would think it was awful. Because there's a lot of people panning RIPD as uh, being awful. But yet, yeah. that's one of those movies that I've probably seen close to 10 times now. And I'll show. That's on the uh, RIPD is now on the UK Netflix. Uh, oh, is so I'm it? Gonna check check yeah. that out at some point. Yeah, yeah, it's just fun. I mean, like it it is what it is. Don't look for Shakespeare. Just look for uh, some fun and great action sequences and stuff like that. So, see, that's I don't need every film I watch to be worthy of being in the top ten of the year. Right. <laughs> I just I want a film to just entertain me for its running time. Yeah. Make me think. I always think films should either entertain you mm-hmm. or educate you. Right. One of the two. Because obviously you don't watch Schindler's List and go, I feel really entertained. <laughs> so that or 12 Years a Slave go, wow, I enjoyed that two hours. Yeah, that's the edu- So it's always entertain you or right. educate you. Yeah. Um, and Pixels just entertain me. It was funny. It was stupid. Oh, that's, um, that's good, though, because you know. sometimes you just need something to take you out. You know what I mean? Out of the moment. And you just sit back and enjoy it. And then you come back to real life. And yeah. That's one of the podcasts that Jake and I uh, topics that we want to address at some point is, you know, the movies that um, warrant that two or three hours and then those that really don't even warrant an hour and a half. So because some of them just, you know, I mean, like there's some movies I've watched that I had no idea, like three and a quarter hours, you know, had been erased from my life during this great movie. And then there's others where. You know, it could even be like an hour and 20 minutes. And I'm just like, oh, God, please, man. Credits, credits. Or the ridiculous- How long has this been on? 12 yeah. minutes? Come yeah. on. <laughs> That's what I was thinking, man. The Ridiculous Six. I think I literally made it six minutes in. And I was like, eh, yeah, okay. We're going to go watch some entertainment. <laughs> I made it 40 minutes into that piece of crap. So, I, I, I admire that, man. That's, you know. <laughs> I, I wouldn't admire it. That's just stupidity. I think it's, it's making it 40 minutes into that. <laughs> uh, yeah that was it's not a good film yeah. but i'll still watch the next adam sandler film because you know because it may be a hit. who knows yeah, and exactly. he may actually find that voice and have one more hit before he goes out right <laughs> exactly i was um chatting sort of tangenting slightly onto new york i was chatting with the staff of jane silent bob's secret stash and i gave walt um a signed escape from new york comic that yeah. i picked up so I thought, here you go, got your present. And we were chatting about Escape from L.A., and he said, what's your take on Escape from L.A.? Said, it's not the best film in the world, but I would rather watch a really, really crap Snake Plissken film right. than not watch a Snake Plissken film. Right. In the same way with Indiana Jones, if they go, do you want another one? You go, yes, please. And you get all excited, and you watch, and you go, oh, that kind of sucked. But I liked being with that character again. Right, so, yeah. You know, yeah. So that was my take on that one. And, um, yeah. 
I, I wonder know? what was scarier, the movie, uh, and this is Crystal Skull, like the movie overall or the fact that you almost thought the hat was going to be passed to Shia LaBeouf. You know what that I mean? Was, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. no, man. We're not going to reboot this franchise. So. We'd Especially rather, to him. Yeah. <laughs> We'd yeah. rather have like antique Indiana Jones than uh, Shia in the lead there. So, Exactly. I mean, Shia LaBeouf's made a couple of decent movies like Disturbia and that's pretty much all I can think of. Um, but he's done a couple of decent ones. But it's like, no, don't. Around that time, he was just being really annoying and everybody didn't like him. So it's like, don't yeah. do it. Put the heart down. Yeah. And thankfully, he didn't pick it up. So, <laughs> Well, you know, it's one of those things where I admire method actors in a way. You know, I mean, like there's a uh, acquaintance of mine who did a movie about John Wesley. And this guy literally for the entire month and a half they were filming, he spoke in an English accent and he was John Wesley. I mean, like even sitting around at lunch, you know, and he would speak in the King James English and whatever else, man, you know, and, and some of the other people who can turn it on and off, you know, and they were like, wow, man, this guy's losing it or whatever. But I mean, he was on, he was spot on during the entire movie, very consistent. But these people like Shia LaBeouf, it's like, yeah, I'm going to do a movie on, uh, you know, shooting up heroin and doing eight balls or whatever the vernacular is. And so he's out there actually hanging out with gutter dwellers, shooting up and experiencing the life, which he probably just should have watched a movie or YouTube or like driven by. You know what I mean? But uh, that kind of stuff. And it's like, yeah, I want to be a, you know, whatever. Just his experiences, I think. I think he's trying to make up for a good childhood. I don't know, man. But I mean, it's like, dude, you don't have to do this, you know? No, just act. As Lawrence yeah. Olivier says, just act. Right, <laughs> yep. right. Because, I mean, you know, I remember back in the day, there was some movie that Mickey Rourke uh, did before he went through all his plastic surgery. So it was like the early years of his uh, acting career. And there was some scene where he was supposed to punch this guy in the <laughs> in the jaw and knock him backwards. And damn if he didn't knock him off his feet. And I'm just like, who the hell wants to work with somebody like that? You know, pull your punches, man. You know, yep. <laughs> unless you're doing the expendables and then I guess it just doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, you listen to some of Stallone's stories. He's like broken every bone in his body, I think, when yeah. doing his uh, movies like over the, the years. The evil Knievel, you know? <laughs> There was a story here in London last week where Jackie Chan was filming a movie. Yeah. And part of the movie was an exploding bus. Yeah. Um, and they blew it up, but they'd not really warned the residents that much that it was going to happen. So obviously the residents are like, shit, terrorists, because <laughs> 10 years ago there was a terrorist attack in London where buses exploded. So it's like, holy shit, what's that? And it was just Jackie Chan blowing the bus up. For right, so, right. Man. That, made, that made the papers. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, periodically people will set off fireworks and we live in a residential community. Right. And so there's not a lot going on. We have a hospital that's not too far away. Um, I mean, literally, it's like 30 seconds if I'm driving casually. So it's it's not far. And um, but so we do hear the, you know, like the ambulances come and go and that kind of thing. But, yeah, periodically, I don't know if someone's shooting off fireworks or it's a fully automatic weapon um, yeah, so it is a little disconcerting at times when you're trying to go to sleep, you have your windows open and have that nice cool breeze blowing through and yeah, you hear gunfire in the background, like you're, you know, in a different country. So well, when Annette and I were in New York, our hotel was on the 46th, our room was on the 46th floor of the <laughs> hotel. 
you go up on the lift, you're like, my ears have just depressurized. What the hell's going on? I've never been up in a, in a building that high before. Yeah. And it was Chinese New Year at some point during right. our trip. So we heard all these fireworks going off for about five minutes. And we got a little bit twitchy at one point because we're like, we're in a skyscraper, 46 floors up. What the hell are those explosions? And we were like, oh, my God. So yeah, we're a little bit twitchy on that until we realized it was Chinese New Year. And then we just right. sat down and, and chilled out again. So, yeah. We're crazy over here, man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. did you go up on the empire state building we didn't go up it but we sort of stood below it and i've got a lot of video footage and stuff like that so we sort of we managed to check out all the right. buildings and stuff but we looked at it and thought well that's going to take like two hours to get up there and come back down and right. let's just do some other stuff and then maybe we'll come back yeah but, uh, it was cool it's a uh, nice view on a clear day anyway. I think there was a friend of mine that went up there, and it was like all cloudy. It's kind of like my experience with the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. The only time I've been out there, and my dad, this was when I was a kid, and he drove right out there, and he's like, okay, there's the Golden Gate Bridge. Fog. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, yeah, the view's better on a clear day on the Empire State Building. But it's the nostalgia of going in and then getting on an elevator that's super fast yet super old. Um, it's it's kind of cool. There was no King Kong there though. I was I was looked up and I'm like, <laughs> he's not there. That's when that's when America's finally sold out. It's like, yeah, we're gonna put Kong on the Empire State Building, which I think would be kind of cool. I, I don't know why anyone would be opposed to that. Yeah. <laughs> so, but no, there was no King Kong. But uh, yeah, we we did check out the Star Wars exhibition. Oh, where was that? Times Square. It was on one of the sort of um, like a theater type thing mm-hmm. where they, they had this. And we, we looked at it and thought, well, if the weather's kind of sucky, then we'll go do some indoor stuff. And it kind of was. So we thought, oh, we'll go do Star Wars thing. Right. So we um, we got in and it was $25 per ticket. But I thought, mm-hmm. you know what? It's kind of Star Wars. We're going to see all the original costumes and stuff. So right. let's get it done. And he went, oh, you're not allowed to video in there. I'm like, what? And that's that's like the, the death knell for me. Somebody's like, you're not allowed to record it for posterity. I'm like, I don't want to go in then. Um, but he said, you are allowed to take pictures, though. So Annette had her Galaxy tablet with her. So I'm like, well, let's use your camera. So I took pictures of everything. Like, right. I might as well just been able to film it, the amount of coverage I got. So I've just finished turning that into a video, a four-and-a-half-minute right. video, with voiceover and a nice little bit of music and stuff. So I'm going to try and get that online over the weekend. Dude, I'm forward to seeing that. They had all the costumes. You know, BB-8 was in there yeah. and, and 3PO and uh, all of them. You know, about 450 Natalie, Natalie Portman um, dresses. Right. Every single costume change she had seems to be in there. Yeah. Did they have every but version was- of 3PO from the silver leg version to the naked version to the red arm version? They only had one. Yeah. We saw one 3PO who stood next to R2, and R2 stood next to BB-8, and that was it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so they had pretty much uh, they had weapons there, so I took pictures of all the weapons oh, and man. stuff so you can – you could check those out. Yep. Because um, I thought of you when I saw the glass cases. I'm like, I'm going to make sure I get pictures of these. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. So it's, uh, I, I think, that. I don't know how many pictures I took, but it was quite a lot. So yeah. I've turned it all into a video. And I may be requesting sorted. some high res images of the, uh, the gun. So yeah, I started, yeah. I started looking at um, how to create my own, not with an actual Mauser, but uh, they, there's a company that does a, like a knockoff version of a Mauser that's, you know, still metal, but yet it won't fire. It's like a stage prop. It's just a little bit, I think it's either a little bit bigger, or a little bit smaller than the Mauser. So you have to customize some different parts, but I mean, pretty much that's my goal for 2016, kind of a sad goal, but on the, on the personal side, 
I would like to build my own Han Solo pistol that really looks legit, you know? And, um, yeah, because uh, I, I don't have anything worthy of a glass case right now, but that would uh, be pretty cool. And then, of course, I'd, I'm still after a legit version, even if it's the airsoft version of the uh, of Deckard's pistol from, uh, from yeah, so, no, yeah. But no, I shall uh, send you the high res pictures by awesome. email because I right. think I've maybe only got about four or five pictures of weapons, so I can zip those up and send them over to you. Yeah, no, weekend. that sounds awesome, That's man. Fine. But That's yeah, it, it is kind of crazy that you can take pictures, but yet you can't shoot video. So what's the difference? If you no. shoot every angle, you know what? What's uh, you know? I, I don't know. I mean, what do they think people aren't going to go in there and see it because? Even 4K video, that's not like seeing it in person. There's just a magic in no. the air, right? I know that's the thing. It's like I I did go in there to see the costumes, but I didn't really. I went in there to be in the same room as the costumes and see, <laughs> you know, that sort of right. thing. If I want to see the costumes, I'll just watch the Blu-rays. Right. And go, oh, look, a Stormtrooper outfit. But to sort of be in the same room as them and go, that's pretty cool. Yeah. That's, I like that. So I could easily on the tablet because I had no issue holding this ten-inch tablet and me taking pictures. Right. I could have just hit the video button. They wouldn't have known. Right. Yeah. How would they know? Yeah. <laughs> they can't. They couldn't tell. <laughs> but I didn't because I thought, well, now I want to get proper shots if I'm doing it. But I'll stick right. to the rules because I don't want to get chucked out. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> and then know. everything deleted from your phone, sir. Right. <laughs> yes. It's like no, that's got my whole trip on there. Um, <laughs> did so they we have did that. To- yeah, Chewbacca was there with Han Solo. Yeah, um, pretty much everybody I could think of. Uh, the costumes, you know, Bosch, uh, with the Princess Leia bounty hunter, wow. she was there. Um, the crappy power droid things from right. Phantom Menace, <laughs> Roger, 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 right. all this sort of stuff. Uh, so you know, various stormtroopers. They had three of the costumes from the Force Awakens. So they had Ray. Uh, Paul Dameron and um, and John Boyega's character Finn. That's why yeah. I've forgotten his name there. So yeah. they were there. So that was kind of cool. You know that the um, the Apocalypse in the new X Men movie. That's the actor who plays Poe in The Force Awakens. I thought that was kind of funny. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. He's every, he's everywhere at the minute, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Just and X Machina. They was the uh, balded bald bearded guy in that. So the crazy scientist. So. And then the other guy was from Star Wars as well. So it was two of those from The Force Awakens. The other guy was um, General Hux or whatever, wasn't it? Oh, that's right. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's funny seeing different actors in lesser known like movies, you know, that uh, or TV shows that suddenly start popping up everywhere, you know, like in TV. And I I don't know what the I guess they just have a good agent or whatever. But there's one guy I can't remember uh, the actor's name, but um, he was on Longmire. And he was the um, the deputy, the one that kind of lost his mind. I don't know if you watch Longmire, pretty good show on Netflix. Uh, but anyway, and then he showed up on three other TV shows. And so it's just kind of, you know, I don't know which one are going to, I guess they could all be reoccurring and he'll just work one place a little bit and then go up to Canada and then, you know, back out to LA or whatever and, you know, just have a really good year, but kind of cool. Or to be in demand that much. Oh, <laughs> I would love it. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, so do you guys have iHeartRadio over there? Ever heard of that? We do, and from page to screen is actually on iHeartRadio. 
How so. okay? That's another thing you can include in the email. We want board uh, listeners, yeah. but I, I know what your question is, and I know how to answer it for you. Awesome, so. because yeah. that was one of the. It's crazy how the you know, things work. But this morning, I'm listening to the local radio station after dropping Abby off at school. I'm coming home, and they say, "Hey, yeah, we're on iHeartRadio," and I'm like, "Wonder how to get us on iHeartRadio." So. And of course, Jake had never thought about it. That was my first text. And now, you know, there's no need to search for other man. I, I have the knowledge bank. So you do indeed. So, yeah. yep. so remind me about that when we're finished. And then I shall uh, <laughs> tell you how to do that one. It's very easy. Uh, well, it must be easy. I did it. So there you go. <laughs> oh, that kind of works. Um, so, New York wise, we also saw Bruce Willis. Oh, well, really? uh, I say we saw Bruce Willis. Right. And, and I sat in a chair and Bruce Willis and Laurie Metcalf, who's Sheldon's mom out of the Big Bang Theory, they right. sat on stage and entertained Annette and ah, I for an hour and a half. Gotcha. So it's not so much saw Bruce Willis. We're like, Bruce, Laurie, entertain us, please. Tell us a story. <laughs> and for the hour and a half in the theater, they were performing Misery, the Stephen King Wow, uh, man, how story. was it? It was really good. It's really, really good. $79 per ticket. Yeah. Um, but we thought, you know what? We, Annette wanted to see a Broadway show anyway. It'd be kind of cool to go see Bruce Willis doing Misery because I quite like the film. So yeah. the story I was fine with it in a musical, which yeah. is good. And it was really, really good. So it was a Bruce Willis played the role that James Caan did in the film. Laurie mm-hmm. Metcalf had the, the sort of meteor role because she right. was playing the Kathy Bates and the raving psychopath role. Right. Um, but it was really good. It was just kind of weird being in the same room as Bruce Willis while he just entertained us. <laughs> How big a crowd was it? It was It was pretty sold out. Um, I'd probably say maybe 400, wow. 500. So you're talking uh, not just uh, intimate dinner theater. You're talking packed house. I got you. No, no, no. I mean, Bruce did say, look, do you want to go out for lunch after? Well, sorry, Bruce, we're a bit busy. That's right. <laughs> That's right. We're getting up tomorrow because we're off to go see Jane Silent Bob's Secret Stash. So it's like the weirdest 24 hours ever. <laughs> Bruce Willis at night, get up in the morning. There you train, go. Trip out to Red Bank to go see Jane Silent Bob's Secret Stash. <laughs> Did you think so, about Kevin Smith's comment that, <laughs> that Bruce Willis, what was it, stole his soul or whatever while making Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If there was heckles welcomed, I would have shouted some sort of derogatory comment about cop out. Right. Um, but it didn't seem like it was that sort of crowd, and I kind of got the impression if I shout that, I may get chucked out. So right, well, I, especially uh, if I John McClane suddenly took over Bruce Willis, and <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Do you so that, ever that think that, that Bruce and, and whoever the other actress is that you mentioned? Do you ever think they, you know, like ever ponder in the afternoon, like, hey, what about tonight? We switch it up. We switch roles, and you know, so. just for shits and giggles, man. You know. I'd watch that. I would watch Bruce Willis playing Kathy Bates. <laughs> that would, and Kevin yeah, that Smith would, would say work. that's appropriate, right? <laughs> he probably would. Yeah, he most definitely would. Yeah. So, so no, I'm sure. But at, the, uh, at the comic book shop, do they have the uh, Buddy Christ figures still? Or is that I a sold have, out? No, they have them. I got my picture taken in front of the actual Buddy, big, the big Buddy Christ thing. Really? Um, <laughs> have you watched Comic Book Man, the TV show? I, you know, I've had so many people tell me I need to check it out, including you and Ian, and I oh. never have. Is that Netflix? No, it's on Ooh. AMC. Ah, okay. Um, um, but bearing in mind that I don't get AMC here in the UK, you can work out how I managed to watch that one. Ah, um, yeah, because the show just isn't on over here. Right. But I'm such a Kevin Smith fan. I'm like, I need to see this show. So, you know, I set up a, an elaborate 
series of telescopes to watch it from this small house in in, uh, in Massachusetts somewhere or whatever. Right. Um, but no, we went into the, the shop. It looks really weird because it's we found it, but nobody in the town had heard of the shop. We're like, we're looking for the comic book shop. Oh, I don't know where that is. Really? It's got its own TV show? Oh, I don't know it. Did okay. you shoot video of your search? I, I shot can... a l- I shot a little bit of it. <laughs> that would have been such a great intro. It's like, no, Kevin, who, what? Never, never heard of him. And I, we found a shop, and it's like a really skinny outside of the shop. And you think it's up, okay, that's kind of smaller than I thought it was going to be. And we walked over to it, and it's got sort of fogged out windows, so you can't see in. And I put my hand on the door handle, and I'm thinking. I think this place is closed down for some reason. It just doesn't look like a shop that's functioning. Right. So I opened the door and it did open because it was open. And it was like, no, no. It was a big shop and it was well lit. And right. The, the three main comic book men were there. And, you know, Annette and I had a chat to them and we spoke about movies and I yeah. got autographs and we got pictures taken with them and all that sort of stuff. Dude, so that is cool, man. Really, really cool. It's always um, good to have success at the end of the quest, right? Exactly. <laughs> yep, it went as perfectly as it could. Yeah. So it was, uh, it was a, a good trip. Yeah. Dude, It'd that... be a better story if you'd have actually watched Comic Book Men because you right. could relate to my joy at having <laughs> met Walt, Ming, and, and Mike. But, you know, there you go, we man. shall resume this story when you've watched it. <laughs> That's right. At least I'm familiar with the Buddy Christ. So, yes, you know. exactly. So, yeah, I've got a picture taken in front of the Buddy Christ. Right. Which is cool. <laughs> so, that was all right. Uh, so, over in England, and then we'll jump back to New York and New Jersey and everywhere, but it's over in England. Um, are, do you guys have comic book stores? Or is that just an American yeah, um, thing? No, no, we have a few. There's a chain called Forbidden Planet, mm-hmm. which will pretty much do the comic book stores. Do they have the robot? You'll, um, I think they've got it on their picture. Oh, okay. Or they, they used to, the Robbie the Robot. Yeah. Yep. And you know, whenever uh, I see Robbie the Robot, I have to actually, you know, you can't see this, but I actually put my fingers together so I only have three fingers and do my hands back, <laughs> and, you know, like wobble a little bit. Yeah, man, it's, it's old habit. Just because I'm, I'm such a robot fan as well. So anyway, but yeah, carry on. Who's man. your uh, who's your favorite robot uh, cinematic? Wow. Like, uh, um... Obviously that's, one you, obviously, that's one you want to like ponder on, but just off the top of your head, it's like, right, who uh, is it? R2-D2. He is such a badass and uses so much profanity that no one ever catches on screen. And yeah, so that, and that's I want, really, I mean, like my that's another goal, probably maybe for 2017 is to build my own R2-D2 because I have a couple of R2-D2s in my office, but they're much smaller. And yeah, man, I, I mean, like, it would be awesome if it would light up, but it doesn't even have to light up. Just have an R2-D2 full-size in my office would rock. Nice. I'd probably more likely build an R5-D4, which would then blow its gasket while I was driving. So, you know. <laughs> that damn motivator. <laughs> exactly. What about that one? Yep. My, my favorite robot is the old Bob from the Black Hole. Oh, yeah. Voiced by Slim Pickens. Dude, that is, you know, I was so excited. <laughs> this was years ago uh, when... We just, I decided we were going to have a really big Christmas. This was the first Christmas after my wife had left. And I was like, you know what? And plus, I was working at a, a studio called House. Huge game changer. And I was like, you know what? This is going to be a themed Christmas where everybody's favorite movies. I'm going to get props and stuff and whatever, you know, for the kids so they'll open it up. And, you know, so anyway, then I, I bought a couple of things for myself. And one of them was The Black Hole. And they only make it on DVD. And that did not even make my Blu-ray list. It should have. Because, I, I mean, like, 
even though DVD is probably pushing the special effects, it's still cool, man. But, um, but yeah, that, that it would be a cool robot to have, especially if you could actually have the slim Pickens voice coming out of it. Oh, hell yes. And then get yeah. a Vincent. Yeah. Um, yeah. One of them as well. And, uh, and I'd have a big model USS Cygnus hanging from the roof. As well, right. so. That's how much of a geek I am. I remember all the names from the 1979 film. So that I is, love that movie. That is good, man. Yeah. I still remember going to see that in the theater. That was back when we still had a theater downtown. We still had a downtown at that point. Everything has moved out towards the shopping mecca because wherever Walmart plants its foot, then everybody else is like, oh, this is where we should all go. So, yeah, the downtown is, I mean, like, you know, if I ever want to shoot a zombie movie, it's probably a great place to shoot it um but yeah it's uh but yeah it was just a cool theater it had the balcony and just such such a classic kind of venue and then um you know everything moved out and there wasn't enough uh parking and that was also where i saw star wars and the building itself and here i am just waxing nostalgic but the building itself started falling apart the balcony fell in and the last time anyone went in there that I know uh, personally said that you could, if you went into the center of the theater and looked up, you saw sky. So God only knows it's a death trap now, I'm sure. So, wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. Hopefully people yeah. watching twilight when it fell in. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Probably the sparkles. <laughs> exactly. And that is what they call natural selection. Yeah. So, <laughs> you take it out a bunch of twilight. <laughs> It's almost like uh, maybe they should be, you know, hashtag Twilight Twatters. Would that work? It at should all? be. Yeah. Yeah, I think it does. It does work. We'll make it work. It's fine. <laughs> Even if it doesn't, it will. Yeah, man. Well, it's funny, yeah. you know, the joke on the set, this was back early last year. Uh, I started saying, you know, like anything that would go wrong or was shocking, I'd be like, hashtag damn. And so anyway, and then I tried to infuse that into a few tweets or whatever, and it just never went anywhere, which is fine. It's not surprising. But then later on, suddenly it was like a few people are like, hashtag damn. And so it was almost like a little mini resurgence, and then it went back under. But yeah, so maybe uh, hashtag Twilight Twatters will actually, you know, pick up even more. Maybe I think we also do need uh, a hack. I can't speak now. Hashtag waxing cinematic, which we already mentioned, and hashtag damn can come back as well. Uh, <laughs> as long as it's not hashtag damn waxing cinematic, because then you're doing something wrong, aren't you? <laughs> there you so go. Man. Well, you, what was the name of the band? Um, uh, Primus. I don't know if you remember them, but uh, their slogan was "We suck." And people from the audience would be like going, you suck, you suck. But anyway, but they were really good, very talented musicians. So it's kind of like uh, the movie Rags, which I have a small role in. Vanel's one of the, she's like the main star. And uh, it's a horror movie. And so anyway, but I mean, like some of it is just really gruesome, twisted. There's some really bad acting from one actor um, who has a very. Is it, is it you? Uh, no, man. My role was small right. enough that you know, <laughs> I look over my shoulder, I walk up to the door with my gun, and then I'm not saying what all happens on the inside. But no, yeah, man, but trying to break my wife out of crack den, you know? And uh, But anyway, so I told Michelle, because Michelle found out I was in it, and she was like, oh my gosh, I've got to see it. I said, no, you don't. You don't want to see it. <laughs> yeah. I will now. I'm going to watch it. So anyway, then I told Cameron's girlfriend the same thing because i posted some stuff on instagram and she was like what is this movie you're in i'm like oh, it's rags you don't want to see it oh yes i do so i think maybe my next movie that needs to be the campaign the movie you don't want to watch and uh just see what happens man it might become you know like uh jump way on up there on the indie charts 
people will watch it. It's crazy, isn't it? If you go, don't watch it. Seriously, don't don't watch it. People <laughs> want to watch it. It's like, don't open the box. Don't open the box. What do people do? Open the box. Yep. Yeah. It's that mentality. Don't tell me what I can't watch. You know, it's that John Ock. I'm Lockford. going to watch it. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. So maybe that needs to be the new slogan, too. It's like, hey, don't listen to waxing cinematic, kids. Oh, you know. So anyway, it has an NC-17 rating, so... You know, uh, sometimes I forget to check that explicit content button and I'm like, oh, shit, man, what have I done? And then periodically. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I do that with my horror one because that's pretty much the only show that's got quite a lot of swearing in it compared to the other ones that generally doesn't. And now and again, I forget to um, <laughs> forget to click that tag. Yep. And then there's John Smith sitting in that office cubicle listening to it at full blast. And <laughs> yeah. But at least somebody's listening to it. If somebody says... You didn't tick that tag and you swore. You go, thanks for listening. It's nice. Nice to know that one human being is actually listening to the podcast. That's right, man. Any reviews are good reviews, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so back to New York, man. What else did you – did you go by the uh, the toy store that is no longer open? No, because it's not there. The Toys R Us apparently bought it last year and they closed it down. So that was – a shame. So we thought, well, is there any point in finding out where this building is that isn't really there anymore? So we're like, you know what, skip well, it. I wonder if uh, Toys R Us yeah. removed the big bear and the big uh, like uh, letter blocks, but whatever. What was that called? The big blocks that had letters on the. As a kid, you'd play with, and it's like, hey, that's an A. Hey. Uh, alphabet blocks. Thank I don't you. Know. That sounds Hashtag a lot. Hashtag down blocks. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's right. But they used to have those out there. So you could have, you know, like jumped up on the uh, the, the the bear's lap or something and, you know. See, now you tell us. You could have told me this a week ago while I was there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but now we, yeah. we tracked down the Ghostbusters skyscraper where Zool is having a good old battle. There's no, no gargoyles there, though. It's like, what? Right. Um, really underwhelming looking building. We'd seen it a couple of days before, right. but we didn't know it was a Ghostbusters building. So we looked it up online. There's the address. It's 55 Central Park West, in case anybody wants to go. Right. And we just looked up and thought, okay, that's so much of the Ghostbusters building. I'll take your word for it. I don't know why the filmmakers would have thought that's the building we need to use. It has to be that one. I'm guessing somebody went, do you want to use my building? All right. <laughs> I think it was probably that sort of. Yeah, I won't charge you. Really, we we'll use yours. That is the deal maker. No matter what your budget is, it's like, hey, you can use my place for free. Damn, man, we're going retro. We're going to change a little bit of the flavor, and this is awesome. So, <laughs> yeah. So we saw the Ghostbusters building, Empire State Building. We did. Bruce Willis entertained us. Um, New York was just amazing. I loved it. Um, I'm sure people who live there go, yeah, it's not all out when you've lived here for years. And, right. Because we didn't see any of the downside. Right. We just did all the touristy things and we went out for lunch <laughs> and a bit of uh, Bubba Gump, Bubba Shrimps, you know, Bubba Gump Shrimp Company. Right. And, right. and uh, which was quite funny because the waitress came up at the end. She's like, are you a fan of Forrest Gump? Uh, I've seen it a couple of times, whatever. She's like, I'm going to give you a little bit of a quiz. I'm like, go on then. And I got loads of them right. It was great. She's like, what's this? I'm like, Bleh. what's that? Bleh. What's this? Bleh. And it was about seven or eight questions. And I'm like, ah, oh, no, most of them. She went, oh, you did really well. And I'm like, I did because I've not seen the film since 1995. <laughs> so I'm doing okay. So it was, it was quite good. Um, so did you win so anything we, or just the act? No, just, just respect, I think. Yeah. <laughs> Which is quite nice. Um, but I will give you a tip. Yeah. And um, it's probably what you would probably go, 
duh, why wouldn't I think of that anyway? But in New York, and I suppose a lot of other cities and stuff, you'll get people coming up going, do you want to buy this? Do you want to buy that? And they'll generally try and speak to you and stuff. Right. Over here, it's charity people. Do you want to sign up and give us your bank account details so we can take <laughs> £10 a month? No, I don't want to. I don't mind putting There's a pound in a tin. People on the street asking you yeah. for money? Oh, my oh, yeah. gosh, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it, just it, like man, in a Muppets Christmas Carol. Wow. <laughs> it certainly is. Um, and in America, it was either, would you like to buy tickets to go on the open tour bus things? Right. And you go, well, we'll do it when we're ready. Because they're trying to haggle you on the street. And you go, I don't really want to do it on the street. I want to look at the brochure and go, let's pick this one and just right. do it generally the way we do in Britain. Go, it's not the time and the place, sir. I'll do it later. <laughs> so we had a lot of that. Did they back down but, after that? Yeah, they do, yeah. Wow. And we sort of learned by saying, oh, we've already got tickets. They go, right. okay, and they move. Right. And we did get tickets for them, but we got them when we were ready and right. we knew what our time schedule was and stuff. <laughs> right. Because they were all on commission, so they don't want you to go have a leaflet, come back later, because right. you may not right. see them. They want you to go, do it now. Give me $60 down. No, right. I'm not pulling $60 out of the street and just <laughs> handing it to you. I want to think about how I want to spend my $60. Thank you. Um so there was those, and there was a guy who just wandered up to me on the street, put a CD in my hand, and he went, here you go. And I'm like, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank then, you very much. Right? And he said, I'm a musician, and I'm trying to get my video on one of these big video screens. And I'm like, that's very nice. It's all right. It's pretty good. Yeah. He said, I'm not selling the CDs. He said, because uh, that'd be wrong. However, if you want to give me a donation for it, it that's, that's fine. So I thought, okay, but that right. time we're friends now because right. we've been talking. And he's given me a CD. So I thought, well, I can give him a couple of dollars for a CD or whatever. Right. So I pulled out my little wad of $1 bills. Right. Don't ever do that if the top bill is a 50. Oh, Never. Dude, man. Yeah, you look. Because I pulled it out and I thought, oh, I'll give him maybe $5 for the CD. Right. It's probably not my type of music, but you know right. what? I can always use it for a podcast or something. Right. And it's helping some guy. Pulled it out, $50 on the top he went right oh and i'm like no 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 it's you know i it i said look and i started to count down for the ones he went no no i've got change for 50 i went no no i'm not <laughs> giving you a 50 he went well i've got change he yeah. said i'll give you 40 back <laughs> and then and i'm like oh do you know what okay fine so he gave me the 40 back another one of his mates comes out sticks another cd in my hand he's like oh you're gonna give I ended up spending $25 on three CDs. So I don't really want them because yeah. the third one, I said, look, I'll give you $5. We gave him 10. I'm like, look, I really didn't want to give anybody anything, to be honest. <laughs> right. Oh, so don't ever put your 50s on the top. Right. <laughs> don't do it. It's not, it was not good. So, yeah. So from then on, it was like, put the 50s in a separate pocket. There you go. The smaller notes in the other pocket. Right. So you know exactly which pocket to pull out. But it was kind of crazy. I think so, it was yeah. my first trip out to L.A. And my great aunt gave me this little like leather wallet like contraption where one loop goes over your uh, belt. Right. And the other but the bulk load of it just hangs inside your pants right on the side <laughs> or wherever. Right. And that way, that's where your 50s and, and whatever go. And then you have all your 100. I mean, your 100s. You have all your one. Hey, if only. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there you go, man. But yeah, so that way, even if you're mugged, they probably aren't going to find it. My parents, everybody, when I was going out to L.A. for the first time, everybody was like, oh, my God, you're going to die. Really? Um, I don't think so. But then my cousin who lives in Beverly Hills wanted me to meet the lady who uh, like used to clean her house, and they got really close. And we were downtown, like in the sketchiest uh, section of L.A., 
they were uh, like Crips on one quarter, Bloods on the other. And she, when we got there, we went in and I was like, man, I, I really don't know how I feel about this because I really don't want to die. I had so many people saying I was going to die and I was like, I will not. And then uh, so anyway, we get back in her car and she said, OK, on the way out of town, we're going to run every red light because we don't want to get like hijacked or carjacked or whatever. And we were in a, a black Porsche that didn't help any. But yeah, man, she was sailing out of there. And, uh, wow. so that was my downtown LA experience, but I did have all my money tucked into that little pouch. So even if I had died, somebody would have gotten that money, you know, not my attackers. So yeah. I always separate my money. Yeah. Um, so I never have it all in one pocket. I also leave a little bit in the hotel room safe as well. Right. It's so if you separate your money and somebody's like, give me your money or I'll blow your head off with this Magnum 44, you go right. piss off dirty Harry. I'm not having none of that. <laughs> and you just hand him all the money in your pocket. You go, there you go. It's all my money. And then you still got some. So, right. <laughs> you know, that's one of the things that I do, but thankfully I've never been mugged. I've never, I must have one of those faces. It's like, A, he's either got no money, so it's not worth the hassle. <laughs> or B, we're not going to mess with him. He looks like he could kill John McClane and the Predator. Did I don't he? know, maybe it's, I'm hoping it's the second one. But it's, the, it's, probably... it's the mustache goatee thing, man. I think people are like, oh, respect. You know, when I you're think cl- it is. Yeah, when you're clean shaven, it's like, ah, you're a banker. You have something to hide. You have money in your pockets, whatever. But yeah, the more like a hobo. That, but you yeah. go, you go too close. Not that, that I mean, like your hair isn't uh, out like mine was, but it's like the more I look like a hobo, kind of like yep. the dude from um, Boondock Saints. What was his name? Yes. The, the funny, funny guy. And uh, anyway, yeah, the more I looked like him, it was like people would would like give me a wide berth, which was awesome. But then eventually I started being stopped by all those people going, "You need Jesus," and they'd be like passing me flyers everywhere I went. So anyway, there's a balance to be had. So <laughs> there is, um, but a few people when they said, "Oh, you're going to New York? Oh, watch, keep, you know, watch, you might get into trouble." And oh, you're not worried? I'm like, no. Why? <laughs> Nicest people in the world. I mean, I'm sure there are areas in New York, just as there are in any places where right. you don't want to go walking at two in the morning with no torch or whatever. Right. But or take that short you know, down the alley. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nicest people, everybody's polite, customer service is amazing. We yeah. could tell when we got back to Britain because everybody was just jumping in front of us and cues and you know, being ignorant and sour-faced. <laughs> but everybody, New York, I really <laughs> loved New York. Dude, uh, that is cool because New York used to be like what you're refer- you know, describing over in, uh, in England back before the Twin Towers fell. And after yeah. that, it was the outpouring of, of just people going out of their way to help the New Yorkers get back on their feet. And it changed them. And, and I wish people would look at that uh, and say, damn, what if we all just helped everybody? And I realize there are some people listening to the podcast that go, oh, socialism. No, if you help everybody the way you're supposed to help everybody, then I think the world would be a better place. But that's just me. Yeah. Yep. No, I think so. I mean, yeah. I was holding doors open for people over there. I was speaking to people I didn't know. Come back to Britain, it's like I'm not even interested in speaking to people I do know. <laughs> okay. <laughs> My you know, you, you go you go to New York or a lot of places in the states. You're like, how are you? And they go, I'm fine, thank you. How are you? You go, I'm wonderful, thank you. Have a nice day. Right. You go to Britain and you go. How are you today? Go. What the fuck do you care? And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like you give a shit, and then they just trample over your corpse. It's but, like, give me a break. But then they, they they do it very politely, right? Excuse me, as they shove you out of the way, right? The- sometimes, <laughs> right? So sometimes they do it. Yeah, yeah. We had somebody trying to run in front of us um, when you come up. We came off the train in Manchester and mm-hmm. they checked the tickets. 
and there was a little queue for him where they were checking the tickets. This guy was trying to shove in front of us. So I sort of moved to stop him because right. I knew that he was trying to queue jump and inadvertently ran over Annette's foot with the, the suitcase trot, the wheel. So it's like, oh, you know, <laughs> never mind. So, but uh, yeah, I would happily go back to New York again. That's oh, that really, cool, really nice. Man. So it was cool. Well, um, one of the things that was on Elementary, the TV show, uh, Sherlock says uh, that, you know, New York is probably the, I can't remember how he described it, but in essence, like the best city in America, but it can't compare to England. So you, you disagree a little, huh? I would, from my experience, yes. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I would. I mean, England's very, very different. You've got your little quiet towns where nothing happens and there's no transport. And you've got your bigger cities like London, Manchester, Birmingham, right. Liverpool. Um, and then you've got your in-between. But in New York wasn't as chaotic as I thought it was going to be. It was very busy, but it seemed to be sort of organized chaotic. I don't understand the traffic laws <laughs> over there. I don't know whether this is like New York has its own ones or whether it's just a state <laughs> thing. But over here, we have a little button that you press. And mm-hmm. you wait until the red man changes to a green man. Right. And when the green man's on, you can cross the road. And it's great. Nobody else is allowed to cross that other than right. people. Right. Um, in New York, it seems, if you're a bike, you're okay. You yeah. can just tear through. And right. the amount of people are, I actually saw some guy get hit by a bike. Right. He's like sunk it, just knocked <laughs> him over. And the guy just picked himself up and carried on. Over yeah. here, there'd be a half-hour argument after that. I'd be like, how dare you, you scumbag. But yeah, it's... It's kind of weird. You can cross the road, but you still got to watch for even the taxis and stuff we're going through. You're like, what's all this about? Well, yeah, people are going to get hurt. With taxis, I remember being up in New York with a friend, and we were like, you know, waiting for the light to change so we could cross the street. And she kept looking over her shoulder, and then she was like, we need to step back. And I was like, why? Because the taxi would go over the corner and cut people off. I mean, it is insane, man. It's. So, and then the other thing with uh, New York, at least back when I was there last, um, everybody's always blowing the horn. You know what I mean? It's just, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. like, okay, we cannot, uh, like, horns will not change the color of the light. We're stuck here. And they're like, arr, arr, arr. I, anyway, kind of like you're supposed to just move up into the intersection and block everybody while, you know, asshole number one goes to the right or something, man. <laughs> That's still the same in New York. I've never heard so many horns. I thought it was at like a droid convention or something like that. It's like, what the hell? <laughs> but they're not cute sounds. I mean, like even no. BB-8, man, if everybody's horn sounds like BB-8, uh, R2-D2 and Chewbacca. Man, that would be cool, you know, at least for the geeks. And uh, But, yeah, it's just so loud and so many angry horns. That, like when I took driver's ed, I was taught to, you know, like if I wanted to get somebody to move through the red light or through the green light, sorry, <laughs> I'm not an asshole. But anyway, uh, you, <laughs> then you, you pop it, right? You pop the horn and go, beep, you know what I mean? And then they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I was asleep. And then they move on to the green light versus holding it down. So it's like, Argh! But everybody in New York, it's like they, they never heard that lesson. It is all like just hand on the horn, man. It's awesome. It's like Morse code, isn't it? Uh, 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 you're like, what? Yeah. It's insane. But uh. the thing that is even more insane, and I'm pretty sure this is statewide, how many adverts do you guys need on network TV? What's all that about? I put a tweet out midweek saying it's very nice to see that the network TV channels have bits of programs in between their adverts. (laughs) Oh my 
God, how many adverts? See, when, when you guys have a TV show on the BBC, if it says it's an hour, there's an hour worth of content. Over here, we have maybe 40 minutes worth of content and 20 minutes worth of commercials. And, uh, but, but then again, we don't have the government collecting money based upon televisions and, and access and all that stuff, which I think rocks. Nope. Over here, but, it's just... But we only, we only have that on one channel. Well, sort of two channels. It's only the BBC that do that. So our sort of ITV, as they're called, and Channel 4 and Channel 5 and so on, yeah. they're all funded by adverts. Really? And nowhere near as many adverts. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure the adverts came on, and then in the adverts, there was an advert break with right. more adverts in it. It was like, <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and you, after a while, I guess it's like, oh, what the hell was even happening on this show, right? <laughs> Yeah, it's like I've forgotten you would get and now previously on blah, 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 advert break. And then the titles would come on for the show and it'd be like advert break. You're like, oh come on. And I am gonna blame you for all the adverts because it's like, what is it with you doing this, that, and the other? But the adverts over here we get uh, so say it's uh, an advert for headache tablets. So right. have you got a he- Britain would be, have you got a headache? Take this headache tablet, you'll feel better. Please consult your doctor before taking headache. <laughs> right. In America, it's like, have you got a headache? Has your brain been pounding to the point where you think it's going to explode and you're going to die? You need to take this set of drugs. Side effects include nose bleeding, ears fall off, impotency. Um, you're going to crap yourself constantly. Your heart will explode and you may die in a big blobby mess. However, at least you may have a headache go away. Oh, God. depressing. <laughs> Man, I'm saying we are a litigious society over here. So it's it's kind of like any pill that might do any good has at least 15 side effects that are sometimes contradictory to why you're taking it. You know, it's kind of like, are you depressed? You should take this pill because, you know, but the side effects are more depression, suicidal thoughts, you know, jumping in front of trains. It just, you know, yeah, it's like there was one where it's like for irritable bowel syndrome, although it might cause diarrhea, anal seepage. Oh, God, man, it was a long list. So, yeah, but they don't want to be sued. They, they want to be sure that you understand. And, uh, you yeah, know, it's kind of like the, I the old, yeah. I think that's actually a movie that's crowdfunding, actually, anal seepage. I've seen a, <laughs> a, I've seen a Kickstarter for that somewhere. <laughs> it would not, not surprise me, man. And and ultimately, no. it's a uh, the product uh, placement is adult diapers, right? You know, it will be. <laughs> it's John McClane in Anal Seepage Three. So wow. he's well, running around. I, that was actually a working title for the previous Die Hard, I believe. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I think that was exactly how many people described it. <laughs> well, I've never seen so many adverts in my entire life. Yeah. So it was uh, kind of, uh, you've either got, I mean, when you're doing the channel hopping, you got all those adverts on that one. I'll just channel hop. Right. And they're all adverts. So you go all the way up and then you go all the way back down and then you find the program and then there's an advert break. You're like, oh, here we go again. So it's just kind of mental. That's, See, to me, uh, the smart uh, networks would have their. Um, commercial breaks in an alternate time or whatever you know what i mean so that literally it's like damn man this is the fifth commercial i'm changing channels then bam you're in content right and then you're yep. you're gonna stick around until they go into uh commercial overload and yeah, yeah. <laughs> when a downside is people beep horns um i spent 25 dollars on cds and you've got lots of adverts i think that is a very well trip well sort of enjoyed trip i really i can't say enough about new york yeah i think it's probably my best holiday ever i think wow man that is awesome really 
Well, really you need it. to after you write this and post it in blog form, you need to contact the mayor of New York and and uh, all the powers that be over there in hopes that they will just bring you right back because you're an international podcaster, you know. I am. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's what I was uh, telling Ken yesterday. I'm like, man, podcaster, international audience, and um, you know. Anyway, it is kind of it's it's funny the way some people view it, and then other people are like. Yeah, you're on iTunes. You're, on, you know what I mean. It's like part of my family's like international. The other half are like, yeah, man, whatever. <laughs> yeah, they're like, you look if you're interstate, Al, right. Mister Mister Eagle Maniac. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> we don't even listen to you in this household. Do you really think people listen in other countries? <laughs> yeah. Well, as many times as my mom has said, I'm gonna listen this Monday. Never happens, man. Because she would tune in via stream with a dot, and then uh, you know, but she never does, and then she never. I even set up her phones and not that she would really enjoy some of the things that uh, Jake and I talk about, but you know, I figured she would at least like to hear the intro, whatever, you know? And, um, but yeah, man, that never happens either. I even set up her phone to uh, look after, you know, like the podcast app so that both uh, wax and cinematic and from page to screen automatically cue and say, Hey, you have new episodes to listen to. Yep. That's exactly the way my iPod works. It goes, and I'm like, oh, there's a new waxing cinema, and it automatically downloads. Yeah, so, so. yeah. <laughs> That's awesome, man. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so, film wise, uh, did you even know he did a War Games 2? No. There is a War Games 2. You must be familiar with the first War Games. Yeah, that was back in the 80s, oh, though, wasn't it? Certainly was. Yeah. Matthew Broderick, Ali Sheedy, yeah, etc. Yeah. It's a War Games 2 on Netflix, and it's actually not bad. It's called War Games The Deadly Code, and it's about a kid that thinks he's playing a video game, but he's actually tapped into a sort of artificial intelligence thing that's been run by the military, which ends up triggering potentially a global war. So totally different from the storyline of the first War Games. (laughs) But with technology moving on nowadays, it kind of works. Yeah? When When was the release date? Uh, past couple of years, I think. I only saw it appear on Netflix the other day. Yeah. Wow. So it's pretty recent. And it was all right. It's, I think it's made straight for DVD or, or whatever it is, but <laughs> I can't, oh, it was all right. It's pretty cool. <laughs> well, and, yeah, uh, even those can Josh, look pretty good. Yeah, of course they can. Yeah. And uh, there are some throwbacks to the original War yeah. Games as well. So it's like, yay, that'll do. But, you know, not <laughs> enough to make you go, wow, they've done a really good job on this one, but right. enough to make you go, I want to watch the original War Games again. Um, <laughs> so that's worth checking out. Cool. Um, one of the questions I had, and I don't think I asked it on the last podcast, but when people listen to podcasts, do you think they get more excited about listening to current films that are out? You know, like, so if we were talking about Deadpool, or do you think they prefer, like, War Games 2 or, or nostalgic stuff or a mixture? You know, I think with so many people um, subscribing to Netflix and Amazon Prime and Hulu and, and I'm sure there's others. I mean, like YouTube has come up with, you know, like YouTube Red and you could say uh, paid service and they now have original content. I don't know if it's worth a damn, but they, you know, it's out there. And to me, I think people want to hear if there's anything good to see in the cinema. But I think people also want to hear, you know, what's good on, you know, like uh bates motel last saturday uh season three became available on netflix and for all those people who you know wanted to binge watch all three episodes uh, not all three episodes all three seasons like over a weekend 
um, they won't get the notification from Netflix. So maybe, you know, on waxing cinematic, maybe that helped someone find it. So, and then, you know, you think about different movies and like, I didn't know war games two was had was in existence, but now I do. So uh, my hope is that talking about a plethora of movies from ancient, uh, you know, like uh, classic black and white fair all the way up to whatever the latest and greatest that just came out on Blu-ray, Blu-ray or on the silver screen. Hopefully people are interested in the broad because uh, sometimes, you know, if you're waiting on a movie to come out on Blu-ray or even DVD or, you know, to be released, period, um, you know, because some of the classics now are just now coming out and you can, you know, get your own copy. So I'm hoping we're entertaining. I, I you know, what's your take on it? My take is because I listen to a lot of podcasts as well and a lot of movie ones. And mm-hmm. there are a lot that are kind of similar sort of, Oh, this week we're going to talk about Deadpool. And right. Next week we're going to talk about it. And I've not seen Deadpool. I'm not quite sure when I'm going to go and watch it. I'm not sure if it'll be cinema or Blu-ray or right. something. Uh, and they, they will run out and they'll watch all the new releases and they'll talk about all the new releases and think, well, I can't do that because of the finances or the time to do it. So I wonder what people think when they listen to, like my shows and stuff so i'm sort of i'm along with yourself where i think it's more interesting if i'm say for example i oh, i watch war games too and you're like where did you watch that i'm like oh you can't watch it because it's not on your netflix it's <laughs> right. not on your hulu then it kind of sucks because you're like i want to watch that now right but i can't and i don't want to go out and pay ten dollars for a dvd because that's similar to why i don't go to cinema very often right. so right. i think if they are on netflix and hulu's and people have got access to the free movies and stuff i think that's better yeah i quite i feel comfortable going watch this it's on netflix i've, right. I've watched mission in action starring chuck norris um this week <laughs> and american ninja all the old canon films have gone right. on netflix so i've been working my way through them i've been through two delta forces um <laughs> missing in action charles bronson in assassination and all these sort of things have appeared on Netflix. Over the top with Sylvester Stallone get right. it on there. Um, and they're all free. So go on Netflix and watch them all. Yeah. And, you know, I, I don't know how many people have as immense a library as, you know, like I do. I think you do. And I know Jake does. Uh, both DVDs and Blu-rays. And so sometimes someone will say, like, I forget what we're um, – Michelle and I were watching the other day, but it just something about, I think it was the cinematography and music reminded me of Tequila Sunrise with Kurt Russell. And um, yeah, yeah. Uh, just that was such a good movie. And I don't, I think I have it on DVD. I'd have to go down and look, but that was one of those because I saw movie A, I was like, damn, I really want to see Tequila Sunrise. And that usually leads me to wanting to watch The Last Boy Scout. Just cinematography wise just the colors and 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 it's it's saturated with the 80s kind of styling and stuff but just it's they're such beautifully made movies uh so anyway yeah but that that makes me want to just like put all the tony scott films in a row and just watch them all when i watch last boy (laughs) i love the last boy scout yeah yeah dude and then you know shane black wrote the script and it just i don't think it got the fanfare that it deserved and it here's bruce willis and um i can't remember the other dude's name one of the wayans brothers and yeah yeah. damon damon wayans you got a very young danielle harris in there yeah (laughs) Yeah. he's uh, gone on to very different roles yeah but But it's just such a good film heather got yeah yep (laughs) <laughs> it's it's cool to reminisce though you know so i think yes. that kind of nostalgia um helps people to remember the the finer movies and in any way that we can kind of help curb some of the crap that is produced high dollar stuff today 
by someone going, hey, you know what, man, I really wish we could have another one of those, you know, whatever, the thing, um, you know, I don't know. I'm at a loss for movies on uh, the top of my head right now. But I mean, maybe that could influence and, you know, the way the storytelling was like, if you were going to, um, you know, like use this trick, whatever it was like, you know, maybe a, a special laser torch would go through glass if it touched the glass. Right. And so you do it as a, a gimmick in the beginning of the movie. And then later on, that's how they kill the bad guy, you know? And so, but that's good old storytelling. You set up the story and too few movies do that these days. You see JJ Abrams doing it. You see, um, um, oh gosh, man, you know, the, the older directors doing it, but a lot of these younger directors, they're just like, ah, you know, they're used to video games where, you know, master chief pulls out a, uh, you know, like rocket launcher out his ass and uses it, you know, because he's obviously not running along with it. So we just buy that, hey, where'd he get that axe? Oh, it's in his back pocket, you know? So I think also the I mean the audiences are very different nowadays. True. And it was you know, the Star Wars The Force Awakens, how many people were going, Oh, this wasn't explained and that wasn't explained, and we didn't find out where this came from. We didn't right. find out where that came. It's like get lost, you know, yeah. just get over it. <laughs> I don't need everything yeah. hammering, you know, oh, this is where this came from. Right. It's like, give me a break. Just, well, yeah. I think JJ was, was genius in the way that, you know, once we saw C-3PO having a red arm on the poster, then that became one of the big questions that I saw so much, uh, answer, I mean, asked online, Twitter and Facebook and, oh, he's got a red arm. Oh my God. I wonder how he did that. I wonder if that's going to be explained. And, you know, when C-3PO came out and said, oh, you probably don't recognize me because of this red arm. And that was it, man. He was off the screen, dude. That was awesome because that did, I don't give a shit, you know, surely there's a story. Do I really care? Probably not, you know, and I, I enjoyed it. There will, you will find out why the arm is red in the up and coming Lego game. Of Force Awakens, <laughs> which is out in June. They have actually said that you will, in that, find out why he's got right. a red arm. Well, then that's, so, uh, that's yeah. even better, man. This is cross-promotion uh, marketing. And uh, for those people that want to know, you better go out and get a game system and play this game. In <laughs> <laughs> middle of the year, Lego The Force Awakens. So right. There you go. Uh, that's cool, man. Do you, and I so, think you said Annette likes playing those Lego games. Do you like playing them, too? Or? No, no. Well, she doesn't like playing them. She has to play them. She uh-huh. she stops. You know, if a shark stops swimming, it dies. I think if a, if Annette stops playing Lego games, I think she may die. <laughs> uh, so it's something that she has to do. I'm sure right. she doesn't enjoy it whatsoever. But no, she's busy playing Lego Avengers, the new one at the minute. Oh, how was that? Uh, she's loving it. She's finished the story campaign already, and she's gone into the open world. And she said the open world is huge. Wow. She said it's massive. So she put down Lego Dimensions, which I got her at Christmas, yeah. which she's hammered on that as well. Yeah. Um, and she's now jumped into Avengers, and then she'll jump back to Lego. She, yeah. And then by the time she's finished those two, she'll pick up the new Star Wars one, and you know, Lego keep making them. She'll keep buying them and play. I'll keep buying them for her, right. and she'll keep playing them. So. <laughs> yeah, I've played a couple of them, um, but she doesn't like me playing them because I end up getting the achievement points for her. Oh, so, really? So she needs to do it. So. Oh, I got gotcha. you. You don't play as a separate, uh, whatever, like user number two? No, not really, because I should do, because I like the games. I played a lot of the Harry Potter one mm-hmm. um, back when that came out, and I enjoyed it. But I don't tend to play that many video games. So when I do have time, I'm usually on Black Ops or Destiny or something like that. So, right. Um, I've not touched the Lego ones in quite a while, but I might do at some point. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I tend to do that whenever uh, one of the kids wants to play, but I, it's goofy. But I mean, like, there's been some. I've been very busy lately, which is great. But it's like you know, in my downtime, if I have like 15 or 20 minutes, then I'm back on Gears Three Horde mode, just you know, like tearing things up, and then that's my break. So it's funny how you you go back to the old game sometimes. Definitely, I'm the same with movies. Sometimes I get so burned out on right, is this film going to be any good right. or not? I just uh, that's why I went back to watching things like American Ninja and the Chuck Norris movies right. and, and things like that. So I just want to watch something that I don't have to think about. Yeah, uh, that I've seen before and it's like a comfortable blanket. Right, there you go, watch it. So um, I have picked up The Martian and a film called Sicario on yeah. Blu-ray. So I'm going to try and get those two watched in the next week because they look pretty good. So yeah, The Martian we really really enjoyed. I don't want to build up your expectations, but I, I guess. Based upon the trailer, pretty much telling you what was going on in the movie, um, you know, I didn't know what to expect, but everybody was saying it was really great. But we really enjoyed it, and you know, Ridley Scott uh, is certainly a, a, a very good director, and um, I'm a space geek. So anytime you can send me out into space to you know Mars, one of Jupiter's moons, whatever, man, you know, I'm there. Yeah, I was just thinking, then I wonder what would happen if the actress that played Ray. In Star Wars, married Ridley. It should be Daisy Ridley Scott. I quite like that. That's, <laughs> that's how my day's going. That's probably jet lag or something just catching up after about four days. So, I don't know. That's what it does. That sounds like a good hashtag to get everybody it wondering, does. what the hell? Daisy Ridley Scott. Yeah. yeah. So, so today is uh, both Abraham Lincoln's birthday and... Deadpool comes out, so yay! <laughs> so I guess there's um, only one of those that you're celebrating over in England, huh? And I, th- I think that's probably Deadpool coming out. Well, we've had it for a couple of days, really. So yeah, because uh, Fraser watched it. I think day before yesterday, he saw it. Oh, so you know we got it before you. Nah, yeah, nah, nah, nah. dude, that happens a lot. And then game wise, I forget what game it was. This was years ago, but I remember you saying, "Oh yeah, I've been playing it for a month." I'm like, "Shit, dude." I, I stayed in line. I went there at 12.05, spent an hour in line just to get uh, whatever it was. So. <laughs> well, it's like movie-wise, you guys get movies you, a lot of the time before us. I mean, we only got Creed in February. I think you got it like October right. or something <laughs> like that. So you – crazy. Yeah. You know, we got Spectre before you. Yep. And yet you've got the Blu-ray DVD release before we have. So that makes no sense whatsoever because I saw it on the shelves in the States. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to pick that up when I get back to the UK. Nope, it's out in March. You're like, what? <laughs> I should have picked it up over here. Yeah, but, yeah. Because pretty much there are no region codes anymore. Is that about right for no, most no, movies? There are, no, no, there are uh, region codes on Blu-rays. There's like a US one and then everything else. So Because I was looking at... There's a, a Blu-ray release of the super-duper long version of Once Upon a Time in America that's come out 251 mm. minutes, I believe it is, longer than the 229 one. <laughs> and it's only out in the U.S., so I thought, oh, well, that's got to play over here, surely. It's like, nope. <laughs> so that kind of sucks. Yeah. So, it's like, why have a region called in a film that was made in 1984? Give me a break. Yeah. Just, <laughs> it's not like they're going to lose lots of money on people um, importing that one. Well, and I, I think, too, if they would just make it easy, you know what I mean? It's like, oh, yeah, well, you know, you can get this Blu-ray from anywhere around the globe. It plays on everything. Then there'd be less piracy because, I, I mean, yeah. like I try to pay for what I watch. But, um, you know, it's some of these older movies that aren't anywhere, you can't find them at any uh, video store and um, you can't even buy them on Amazon. 
then I, I will, you know, go to places. Obtain it from somewhere. <laughs> I will obtain it. I will go out and find it. And yeah, but I, I don't like that. I would much rather, you know, even if it's just, you know, who knows who's getting the money these days. But yeah, man, I'd much rather be legit and have my own copy. And, you know, but it's just, I, I mean, like, you know, piracy is global. So how do you thwart it? You You try to lower prices and make sure that everything plays on everything. And I don't know, just... Take little chips at it periodically. So. I think in order to combat piracy, yeah, um, you need to slightly lower prices. Because if you do it too little, then nobody's going to make any money. You're not going to have right. more films. But right. say the average price of a new Blu-ray was ten dollars. Right. I don't know what it is, but if it was ten, reduce it to maybe seven fifty, mm-hmm. eight, right, possibly. Um, make sure everything comes out at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then load the Blu-ray or the DVD with special features. Yeah, because that's, that's another thing you have to pay attention to. Because there was one movie I picked up recently. I don't see it in the stack, um, but anyway, but I picked it up. And then because uh, I think you had said something about uh, some you know great behind-the-scenes stuff, and turns out I didn't get the right disc, and I paid twenty-two bucks for it. I, but there was the other version that was like thirty, and yeah, it's just it's goofy. And just see, I remember a day back when Rob Rodriguez, every movie he would put out had all behind the scenes stuff, had film school, had all this cool stuff. And now, you know, I don't understand why that would be so expensive to produce and add those extra segments on there, why they want to, you know, try to get more money out of you for those things that should just be given to you because you're buying the damn movie. You're supporting it, especially if it's uh, within the first week or so of its release. So. I spoke to a filmmaker probably about three or four years ago, and I'd watched, which I can't remember the filmmaker, I can't remember the film he's on about, but I contacted him saying, uh, have you done a DVD commentary for it? Mm-hmm. And he went, we did do one, we recorded it, but the distribution company didn't want to put it on the disc. Like, Why? <laughs> Why? You've already recorded the dumb thing. Right. It's like, what are you playing at? Just put it on the disc. So he ended up putting it on his website as an MP3. Right. So you would download it, and then you would watch it alongside the film and stuff like that. But yeah. I don't get why they don't put special features. Yeah. Um, I mean, unless... The piracy it, thing. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people who who do the piracy thing, a lot of those aren't the sort of people that are going to pay for a film anyway. They're just right. the general, I don't see why I should have to pay for a movie. Right. Well... You know, that's kind of a stupid logic. You kind of have to pay for movies or you get no movies 10 right. years down the line. ain't going to be any films. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of those you're never going to stamp out. Yeah. But I think a lot of it's to do with when the film comes out, what version of the film comes out, mm-hmm. and how much it costs. Um, I don't go to cinema as much because it costs me just as much to go to cinema for one person as it does to buy the film on DVD when it comes out. Mm-hmm. So I can watch it once and get annoyed by some idiot on his phone and I have right. to shout oi at him. <laughs> or I could just wait till the DVD comes out and watch it in the privacy of my own home without right. cats jumping on me. It's fine. Right. It's, I would rather do that option. Right. So it's it's a bit weird. But while we're on about films not coming out, I'm a big fan of the Oliver Stone film Alexander, another film that gets panned left, right, right and center. <laughs> I, I bought the theatrical version on DVD, watched it at cinema as well. Mm-hmm. I bought the director's cut on DVD because it had different special features and a different version of the film. Mm-hmm. I bought the final cut on DVD, which <laughs> had an even different version on it. Right. And then maybe four years ago, they brought or he brought out the ultimate cut, which he's what? gone back oh. in and he's done it. And he's like, this is the perfect cut. Right. 200, 220 minutes or thereabouts. Never even come out in the UK. <laughs> Never even come out. It's like... 
what do I sell it? So I've managed to get it from somewhere, but right. you know, I looked on Amazon a couple of days back and found a DVD. Will it play on the, this thing? It's only out on Blu-ray. Nope, won't play on UK DVD uh, Blu-ray yes. players. So I had to obtain it from somewhere else. Right. So. You know, they're not helping themselves to these studios. Mm-mm. A lot of them aren't, anyway. I forget what movie I was looking up on uh, Amazon. This was weeks ago, and I was so excited. I was like, "Wow, you can get it on DVD if you live in England." So yeah, it's um, it, all these yep. limitations. If there is ever a film that you struggle to get, though, and you're like, "Ah, oh, it's only in England," and I've always wanted to watch that, I'm going to die if I don't watch it. <laughs> Let me know because I can always. I can encode it so it'll work in yours. Okay. So I've got I've got the ability to make you able to watch it. So nice, you know, nice. All right. There you go. I'll keep that in mind. Still yeah. want to see the the Star Wars that you have because I'm trying yes. to. I, I look back on every disc that I have and I don't have that feature. So yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, I've got those in in the boxes near me, and I'd heard you talking to Jake about it as well. So I'll dig those out and. Right and get cracking on those. <laughs> it sounds good. And I will try to get you the, uh, you know, some, some of the movies that you haven't seen, like, uh, rags, gorilla, gorilla. which you've Hell heard yeah. me talk about for years. And it's funny <laughs> in that that is still, I think on my IMDB, that is still in the number two slot. I think because, yeah. uh, dirt cheap therapy was award winning that it actually crept ahead of gorilla. But as much as I talked up gorilla, um, and so many people were checking out IMDb. That is like the second most popular movie that no one's ever seen. It's awesome. <laughs> Hell yeah. But no, I think the only film of yours that I have seen is actually Dirt Cheap Therapy. Really? Yeah. Wow. So well, we need to sort of change that. Don't yeah, we? definitely, that man. Rectified. <laughs> I'll try to send you the Fouts collection. So <laughs> Definitely. Yes. Fantastic. So have you um, seen the, uh, the latest trailer for Batman versus Superman? I I was tempted to watch it, but I thought, well, I'm going to watch the film anyway. Right. So I don't need to watch the trailer, I don't think. Right. Because I think a lot of the time, I would rather they go back to the days where they just bring out a trailer. Maybe a teaser, then a trailer. Right. Not, a, here's this month's trailer. Right. Well, I think so many people are demanding, like, we want to see what's going on. And, and I, I agree. I would much rather have a teaser and then the trailer and then... If I remember your movie, I'll go see it, you know, or I'll catch it later when everybody gives it great accolades. But the trailer, every trailer is so different. And I think to their to their fault, they released the first trailer uh, before the special effects were even really fine tuned. So it's kind of like, hey, here's Superman versus CG Batman. It just kind of looked chintzy, right? And so then they came out with the next version and then, you know, the following version and I forget how many different trailers and stuff. And then, you know, it's like, oh, well, no one gives a shit. We'll put Wonder Woman in there. Well, anyway, this is supposedly the final trailer that they're going to release. And it just seems like 300 except with superheroes, you know, with all the gigantic leaps and all this other I don't know, man. Like the final frame where Batman is in the suit and Superman tries to throw a haymaker at his face and uh, Batman stops him cold turkey and Superman looks over like, what the hell? And uh, that was funny. That was cool. So, But other than that, man, it was just, I mean, like the music and the flow, it just, to me, screamed, I did 300. I did, what is the other one that he did where the chicks are in the insane asylum? snickerdoodle i can't remember the name of it soccer punch i knew it started yes. with an s so anyway but so 
you know, I don't know, man. I mean, Michelle really wants to go see it. I'm more excited about uh, Suicide Squad at this point. Wow. Can I, I'm just going to nip out for 30 seconds. I need to run downstairs and unlock the front door so Annette can get in. So waffle. <laughs> do, do, here's your task. Pitch waxing cinematic to those who listen until I return. Okay, Go for it. Good. Waxing cool. Cinematic is a podcast that I co-host with Jake Allman. Uh, you can listen to us. You can find us on iTunes, Spreaker, Podomatic. We're kind of frugal, so the, that doesn't have the complete list. If you go to iTunes, uh, Stitcher Radio is um, – really hasn't updated the latest episodes which is kind of frustrating but if you go to itunes there is easily probably 130 episodes to choose from and sometimes we have uh guests like uh that have been in different movies different filmmakers that have done feature films jake and i come from a background where both of us are filmmakers um i've written directed produced numerous uh feature films on the independent circuit Uh, So we kind of come from, and we've always loved films, Jake and I both have. And so it comes from that love of cinema that, uh, you know, that kind of birthed Waxing Cinematic. Pretty much, Jake and I would sit around and talk for hours about movies. And one day we decided, hey, why not record this and do a podcast? So that's, that's where Waxing Cinematic came from. We started almost two years ago, uh, back in April of 2014. Uh, which happens to be when uh, Michelle and I got married, my wife. And so anyway, um, so that was kind of her, one of her introductions into how crazy about movies I am. So we love watching movies and it started out just talking about movies, but then we decided to expand it out to cover television and uh, other means of entertainment, sometimes like Netflix original series, um, you know, such as uh, Daredevil and Jessica Jones. I'm a big comic book fan. Uh, Jake is more of a horror fan. I'm more about the sci-fi and that kind of thing. But anyway, so you can listen, you can find us on iTunes and those other outlets. If you would like to participate in an episode, join us on uh, Monday mornings, 9.30 a.m. Eastern time. Stream with the dot. It is stre.am forward slash waxing cinematic. We go from 9.30 in the morning until about noon most Monday mornings. And you can interact with us. You can type questions. We have probably you know 200 and some people that join us every Monday morning. Very kind crowd. And they help us stay on track. Sometimes we will fumble and not remember the name of a movie. And uh, Eric Jones or uh, uh, Charity Parkinson, there's a whole host of them. And they're just like, oh, that's Pinocchio, man. Anyway, so we, we have help out there keeping us on track. But it's fun to interact with everybody, and that's, that's, how, we, uh, that's how we record our show. Did you uh, do all that in one breath? I did. That was impressive. I did, man. That comes from my voice over <laughs> acting. I was just like, did that big Superman inhale, and then I just let it out. Almost like playing the bagpipes, man. You have to, you have to cycle breath. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Annette sent me a text message saying, uh, your front door's locked, I can't get in. So I'm like, ah, then I have to run downstairs, I have to try and find where the keys were. I'm like, where are the keys? So that's why it took me a little bit longer than I thought. No problem, so, man. I was trying to you know, pick up on any kind of cues that you had returned so that I would stop talking about myself. And uh... No, it's, it's, people all think it's just like watching American TV with an advert stuff. Right, really like, long adverts. And exactly. you know, the one thing that I didn't mention, we do have waxingcinematic.com up and running. Jake updates it all the time. I go by and go, hey, cool, something new, um, because I'm the one who edits the show and posts it and then tweets about it. And so he kind of looks after the website. 
there are some different blogs and stuff on there that he's written. Eric uh, Jones has written, and I think a few others. And I don't know if we used any of your blogs yet because movie um, reviews. Don't think so. We but you're more than welcome. If you see any of my content on there, you go, I'm going to use that. Feel free to pinch it. It's okay. not a problem. <laughs> I hear you, man. Well, and then uh, we'll just let you know that we're enjoying the article that you wrote for us, right? Oh, definitely. I was on your <laughs> website probably about 20 minutes before we started podcasting. So I need to have a look at this. And uh, I did. So. Oh, well, good. Looking good. Ah, good. Well, thanks, man. Thanks. And so again, a picture that's... of you and a picture of the top half of Jake's head. There you go. So, okay. Yeah, I forget what Jake – I think Jake had a much more conformist uh, picture, much more traditional, like the two of us sitting on the couch looking like some old couple from wherever. And I was like, dude. That's not our show. People need to understand that, you know, it's it's wild and crazy. So, yeah, the other was something that we did. Stream with, with the Dot got up with us and said, hey, man, we really like your show. You've been using our, you know, the app on the phone and streaming live and all that. And we were wondering if you would take some pictures of you guys doing the show, send them to us so we can use it to promote the app, which and they would promote Waxing Cinematic simultaneously. So good cross promotion. So. Yeah, so we just kind of uh, took some more traditional pictures and then just went kind of batshit crazy, and which is one of those where and Jake's actually standing up. I know it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> no, there was one time where he was actually standing on a, a crate that uh, was you know like a foot tall, and then we were looking eye to eye, which we had never done before. So that was kind of a new experience, and then we got stools, so we're saved. And we can actually, yeah, not get so worn out doing, you know, two and a half hours worth of podcasting. Well, now that I've come back from New York, I'm playing mad catch up with film watching, website articles, podcast recording, podcast mm-hmm. editing, video rec- editing all the video that I shot in New York. So it's like right. the crazy time. So it's it's the punishment for having a holiday. Ah, it's, that's uh, good. Hey, so mega catch up. Did you watch any movies on your plane trip over and back? There were no seat back video screens on there. It's like this is like the Stone Age. What on earth is going on? There were no, couldn't do it. Couldn't watch any film. And I had the Kindle with maybe half a dozen films on it, right. but all the films would probably have been NC seventeen. So I thought, well, I've got some stranger sat next to me. Do I really want to put? A f-? You know, when you look at somebody's screen, you're like, what are they watching? Yeah. Especially if they look and, over right at that inappropriate yeah. moment and phone tomahawk, right? Granny yep. going, what? You, yeah, Sonny, you're wrong. <laughs> exactly. So I didn't watch anything going over. I just listened to lots of podcasts, including Waxing Cinematics. So your uh, one of your episodes, probably when ninety something, <laughs> right. was actually being listened to whilst uh, forty thousand meters above planet Earth. So that was <laughs> maybe it's a first. I don't know. Possibly. So, maybe it's man. been done before. So in other words, Waxing Cinematic has joined the Mile High Club, huh? It has indeed, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah, it's me, you, and Jake all together just enjoying a good old two-hour session. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right. what that was. <laughs> so, no, so I went through a lot of podcasts while I was listening. Uh, yeah. Well, that's good, them, man. So. Did they have free Wi-Fi on board? I mean, that's a long nope. flight. Nope. No, it would have been fine if they did, but nope, no free Wi-Fi. It was like being back in the ark. It wasn't good. <laughs> did they did they give you meals or did you have to pay for those? Yeah, too? no, no, we got food and they yeah. were showing films. They had uh, like a central central um, video screen. It would come gotcha. down, but it was quite small, so you'd have to tilt your head like sort of Stephen Hawking out of the theory of everything. <laughs> All right, and I thought this is not the way that I want to watch The Martian, right? Because that was the film they were showing. So I thought. No, I'm not watching a film like that. So. Right. Uh, on the way out, you know yeah. what film they showed? This is how sucky the airline was. 
Fantastic Four. Oh, <laughs> they probably gave that to the airlines. It's like, you know what? No one's watching this shit. It's not moving yep. up the shelves fast enough. And yeah. So it was the Fantastic Four on the way out and then the Martian on the way back. And so wow. I'm not watch either of them. So. Yeah. Well, and that's good because the Martian is well worth watching proper. Um, yeah. I imagine you probably wouldn't have lost much other than wanting your time back if you'd watched the Fantastic Four. Although I've never seen the movie, so I really can't, you know. I can I've seen the said. first first 45 minutes of it, and it's not that bad from really? what I've seen. But yeah. from what I hear, it does kind of nosedive to the second thing. But it's, you know, visually it looks good. Yeah. But, you know, it doesn't do anything special, but it's it seems, <laughs> it seems okay so far. Right, right. Um, but I'll reserve judgment until I've watched it all, because right. apparently it does kind of take a, a dive um, yeah. in the third act. So. Well, and it would be interesting to see what was originally shot before they went in for, you know, reshoots and altered endings and whatever. I mean, you know, and then, like I say, the, the, the director in some interview was saying that, you know, he really liked the movie that he shot. It just didn't come out that way. And then, yeah. uh, and then everybody turned on him and was like, Oh, you went batshit crazy. And you were, you know, like up in a tree, like that dude who made that other movie. <laughs> Richard, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Richard Stanley. Yep. Yeah. Poor guy. One of these days, you know, I don't think he's probably connected to the internet, but he would be a really cool interview. I might try and track him down because he is a Brit, as yeah. far as I can tell. So I'm going to yeah. try and track down. I'm going to put it on my homework list. So stalk Richard Stanley. Right. Yeah, man. Yeah, just get him on a podcast. He's probably a USophobe. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, oh, no, those bastards destroyed my life. So, yeah. Have you um, have you seen the film The Woman? No. No, I saw him. I'm trying to think what other films you may have seen that she might be in. Um, I think it's probably The Woman, but it's, quite, it's a good thriller slash horror film. But it's... Yeah. It's more thriller than horror, and it's the main actress out of that. She's called Pollyanna McIntosh, mm-hmm. and she is – I've got an email her this afternoon, but she's going to be a guest on an up-and-coming horror show episode. Nice. So I've not forgotten about the guest thing that you and I spoke about, so I'll, I'll get on – spoked? Spoked about. Right. Spoke about even. <laughs> and, um, you know the English audience we'll is like, oh, those English guys have such a cool way of speaking, man. You're like yes. Jimi Hendrix, you know what I mean? And the Jimmy would, would like – he'd be jamming, and then he'd go out of tune, he'd play the wrong note, whatever, and people like, he's genius. So. <laughs> no, he's just shit, and he played the wrong note. Yeah, That's exactly my language sometimes. I do get, you know. I words my mix up. Yeah, that's, right. that's the one. <laughs> well, how, how many grammar Nazis are really listening to our shows? I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> not, uh, not many, right? No. And hopefully not they're enjoying well. the banter versus going, "It's we, not you know, whatever, man, you know." Well, <laughs> that's yeah. not is. It's are. What? what the hell does so, that even I, mean? You know. <laughs> when I start working for like CNN or something, I'll put commas <laughs> in the right place. Until then, I don't care. Fine. That's right. Uh, <laughs> But yes, so we'll try and get some guests lined up and um, yeah, just generally have fun. Sounds great, man. But keep up the good work with Waxing Cinematic. Well, thanks, man. I appreciate uh, the uh, you know the encouragement and the listenership. And, and two, I mean, like you were the the one who really kind of ushered us into the arena, you know? Because I think I've been sorry, on your Sorry sh- about that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great. I mean, you know, it's like the other day I was um, I, I was talking to Michelle and I was like, you know what? We still don't have sponsors, you know. And I, you know, I was just having a frustrated moment. And she was like, yes, but that doing waxing cinematic makes you happy and it makes other people happy. And I'm like, yeah. really, 
really? So anyway, then suddenly I was elated and I was running through daisies and, you know, like tiptoe through the tulips and yeah. So yes, lovely. Somebody, um, somebody Facebooked me a couple of months back saying, oh, you've been doing your podcasting thing for ages. Can you give me some advice on how to get sponsors and how to actually make <laughs> some money from it? I went, you're seriously asking the wrong person. <laughs> I've done over 300 of these episodes. Yeah. I don't get paid for it. At all. I get free movies and I get access to people who you know I would love to speak to, and, I, and so that's kind of my payment and stuff. Right. But I don't make any money from this, and if that's why you're getting into it, you're in the wrong, wrong avenue. I, I don't even know how people get sponsors, yeah. um, but you do hear them. You know, sure. it's either Audible.com that do things like that, and they go get, put put uh, discount code such and such in, and you get right. ten percent off. Casper mattresses, I think right. they do a lot of stuff for various <laughs> things. Yeah, uh, some sort of shaving one that seems to do sponsors for podcasts, and you're like, no, I want a movie one. <laughs> I want like like a cinema chain to sponsor. You give me free passes for your movie theater. Yeah, I'll mention every time I watched a film at the local such and such cinema. That's always the angle that I wanted to go down. Yeah, to fit it in because you don't want to go here. Well, I go to Waxing Cinematic. Oh, buy a mattress. Right. It doesn't fit. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't fit however you know you're listening to waxing cinematics sponsored by warner brothers cinemas or planet hollywood or something like that would yeah fit in so it's <laughs> but you know I, I don't have a clue how people get sponsors yeah well you know i do uh, envy them <laughs> uh, no doubt well it's i don't know if you remember the original intro for waxing cinematic but finnell did some voiceover for us and um and anyway it kind of wound up what was it uh grab a beer and lend us your ear or something like that and our sole goal for jake and i were to get a sponsor who made beer to send us beer and we were recording it on you know like monday evening tuesday evening something like that and we're just going to drink beer and talk movies but we wanted the beer to be free because we were drinking and having to pay for it so anyway and then we started doing it on a monday morning where it's yeah, I, I don't think it's ever too early to drink reasonably drink beer. But anyway, but Jake was like, no, oh, I've got to go to work. So anyway, uh, but yeah, so our goal was just simply to have free beer tossed at us. And go to, a little off, go to a little off license, you know, a little beer shop or whatever. Yeah. Wherever you are and go, right, we'll advertise your shop. Just give us a case of beer. And that there would work. And man. do an advert. Yep. So that way you're getting enough beer to not mess up your show. <laughs> And you're helping out a little right. shop. Yeah, I, th- I think if you try and take on the heavy hitters, going, I want Sony to sponsor us, then hey. they're likely to go. And you are sorry, I'm not familiar with you. What is this podcast you speak of? Yeah, um, you know, but Joe's beer shop down the road may be like, wow, yeah, for the sake of ten dollars worth of beer, I'll have a free ad. There you, you know. go, man. So, yep. So that that'll be my mission for uh, Monday afternoon. <laughs> Maybe I'll go down and and uh, you know try to make a connection there with one of the microbreweries and you know see what I can work out. Hell yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm going to round up this episode, which I think is episode 312, 313, something like that. I think. Nice. Which is pretty impressive. Yeah, I'll uh, say, man. And then, yeah, next time, well, should we pick a topic for next time, do you think? Are we ready to Sounds, bring a topic back? Yeah, I think so, because mainly I wanted to you know, hear about the New York trip, and, and then we discussed a little bit about movies and trailers and whatever, and yeah, man, I think topics uh, could come back, so yeah, definitely. And how can people connect with you? I know by Twitter and by Facebook, but do you have like a specific email that people can stalk you or connect with you and say, hey, 
it would be funny to you know to have this as the topic or whatever so well yeah i, I wish people would actually feedback's terrible i never get feedback <laughs> yep. pretty much that's like a podcasty thing it's like rarely right. get feedback reviews yeah. on itunes or spreaker or whatever they rarely happen i've got right. maybe like four reviews it's like what <laughs> so leave a review leave a five-star review and yeah. if you don't like the podcast still slag me off in the review but right if you get the five star things it moves your show up a little bit and more people can potentially see it and, and wow. so you know um so feedback would be amazing you can email me at from page to screen at gmail.com you can tweet me at from page to screen that's the number two not the word two for everything um i have my own website from page to screen.com which is just filled with lots and lots of press releases and articles that john can steal and uh, <laughs> use the other one from waxingcinematic.com <laughs> Uh, yeah, pretty much everything. I'm on Google Plus, Facebook, Instagram from page to screen. I try and keep everything the same, so it just it gets less confusing Definitely. than reading out 35 different usernames. Right, and then then uh, that's what happens when your Skype crashes and says, "Okay, what's the email and password?" And you're like, "Oh my god!" Like I can remember my god. password, much less which freaking email, right? <laughs> exactly. I do that thing you're not supposed to do, and I write them all down. So <laughs> and I've hidden them. <laughs> never write your passwords down yeah right I, i'm not rain man so that's right <laughs> yeah. i'm with you there man because yeah. the, the uh the alternate is to have one password for everything which they also frown upon so yeah yeah they do they do <laughs> check out all the from page to screen podcasts which are all on the one feed check out all the waxing cinematic podcasts which are you know you can find from waxingcinematic.com or waxing cinematic mm-hmm. on twitter so mm-hmm. there you go yeah all right and, uh, yeah there we go that ends <laughs> another episode yeah looking forward to listening to this one again and it's always a yes. uh, pleasure hanging out with you and i'm going to dedicate this episode to a guy called jay sims who i don't need to go into too many details but he had some very very sad news over the past couple of weeks which do you find it weird just to sort of not to carry the show on too long right. <laughs> but it's a case of i mean i've never actually met you Right. I've never actually met Jake, but yeah, we know each other and right. all that sort of stuff. So when something sort of tragic happens, connected with somebody who you've spoke to but you've not met, it still kind of sucks. Right. So there, there was some sort of news. I was listening to a podcast the other day, and somebody mentioned uh, a, a family thing that happened with Jay Sims, and I just had to stop the podcast. I'm like, I don't want to listen to the podcast anymore. I'm kind of depressed, so I, right. I left it off for a few hours, and then put it back on. And, yeah. And then i'm listening so it's uh yeah i'm gonna dedicate this one to jay who's awesome so what's well, great to meef, have that kind of empathy meef jay on twitter so. oh i know who you're talking about now it's funny how you know yeah. like you don't recognize names but handles there you go yes. man yeah, yeah meef jay. so it was um yeah thoughts are with him so yeah um and on that note i shall disappear and leave you to your afternoon all right and uh round out the episode
Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.